my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. So everyone's talking about newsletters. Are newsletters actually a good business? I have some numbers to share over here. And Neil actually came up with this idea right before we started recording. So this is a fresh one. And I have some numbers. So I believe, and Sam Parr can correct me, but I'm pretty sure The Hustle sold for about 25 to $27 million. So they were a newsletter. Um, they talked about current events, business, and all that. Morning Brew, they had... They had multiple newsletters, I believe. They sold for about $75 million, and they're doing about $80 million a year in revenue right now, so I'll call it that. And then I have um, I have a friend who does about $30 million a year with his newsletter. They spend about a million dollars a month or so on ads, and another friend, they do about $20 million a year, and they're spending about $800,000 a month um, just to buy more emails. So the question we're trying to address here is, are newsletters actually a good business? And Neil, I'll bump it over to you. I think they're terrible businesses. I think having a newsletter is smart, but monetizing a newsletter by subscriptions is a terrible business. You mean ads? Yes, it can make money. And you can do ads. And yes, it can make money. And I'm not saying it's a terrible business from a cash flow standpoint. But if you have that audience, you can make way more money just selling something else. So for example, if you have a newsletter on buying and selling companies, you probably would make more money if you had a fund and you were buying the companies yourself and people are saying, hey, check out this company, check out that company. And you were just continually growing your cash flow from that standpoint. Um, you know, the hustle and a lot of them, yes, you can make money, but it's hard to make $500 million selling a newsletter business or a billion dollars. And I'm not saying my business is at the level where I can make billions of dollars either. But what I'm getting at is, if you go after a market that has a big TAM, TAM stands for total addressable market of $100 billion or whatever the number is, it's much easier to capture $100 million of it or $50 million of it than going after a market that's much smaller and be like, I'm going to capture 10% of it. Like It's just hard. And that's why I think newsletter businesses are bad businesses because they're monetized in the wrong way. Selling subscriptions for a newsletter, you know, won't make you as much money versus selling something else. What the else is, is it depends on your newsletter. Yep. So what I want to call out for the 
newsletters that I mentioned, most of them are monetized through ads. And what Neil's saying with the subscribers, like there are a lot of Substacks out there that monetize through these ten dollars subscriptions. And I think it's a great, uh, it's a great hustle for one person. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a great um, lifestyle business, right? You can make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, which is fantastic. But when you look at for there are some investing newsletters out there, and these are when you think about uh, Quill Intelligence, ran by Danielle D, Danielle DiMartino Booth, um, and then you think about like even Ark Invest, for example, Kathy Wood, right? Like they don't need that many readers for their newsletters, but they the people that read their newsletters are very high net worth, and these are investors that are willing to um, that could be become future LPs, for example, right? So limited partners in in a fund. Um, so the other thing is like, sure, you could have a fund, but even in the back end, just a high LTV product, it could be like a high LTV service. Like Neil and I, we have agencies, right? And, you know, a, a account might be worth six to seven to eight figures or so. Um, and you might be wait, willing to wait longer for that. And by the way, because you have high LTV, you can spend more on acquiring newsletters and you can afford to wait a little longer too. Um, so that's also the additional benefit. But I think the main point here is that if you're going to do a newsletter, if you have the propensity to... Uh, create a business or even buy a business and like you have a good product or service and it's worth a lot of money, you're probably better suited because you're better monetizing that attention. That's all we're really saying at the end of the day. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Yes, like a Kathy Wood, for example, like Eric mentioned, instead of her selling ads or charging a subscription, she's better off having more people on her newsletter, people loving her, and then be like, you know, sovereign wealth fund being like, Hey, here's $500 million or a billion dollars that we want to put in your fund. That's going to make her more money. All we're getting at is think bigger picture with a newsletter versus monetizing through subscriptions or ads. Yeah. And again, just to reinforce, just a triple reinforce for everyone. Look at the, like 
The, the name of the game is attention. What I said about Peter Drucker, two things that matter with the business, marketing and innovation, right? The good thing about the newsletter is you can innovate with the content. If you set the bar highlight with your content, people are going to look forward to the next email that you send. The newsletter itself is a nice attention mechanism. It's just you need to figure out the right monetization vehicle for it. That's all it really means. What do you, what do you have next here? Dude, speaking of attention, you know, you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. I love hanging out. Eric was asking me earlier and, and you know, he gets it as well. He does similar things. Um, I love hanging out with people who are very different than I am and I may not align with them. And I'll give you an example of this. You know, the other day I met someone who hasn't really done any business. They got in trouble with the law. Um, and let's just say they monetize by teaching people how to make money. Uh, and they have tons of fancy cars. I, I can't even count. Um, but I, I look at all these fancy cars. You're talking about millions of dollars in fancy cars. And I remember talking to them. I was like, why don't you buy a house? And they're like, oh, they're a waste of money. The car's making money. I was like, well, one or two cars, maybe if you want to showcase them off on social media, but you know, paying all this money on rent, you probably would have just been better off having less cars and buying a house. Uh, but the reason I like hanging out with a lot of people that I don't align with is you can learn from anyone. So for example, forget how this person makes their money and if it's ethical or not. You know, one thing I learned from them is about being polarizing. So they were talking about political content that they end up pushing out. When they were showcasing to me the amount of revenue that they end up making from their polarizing content versus non-polarizing content, it's drastic. Like you're talking about their non-polarizing content doesn't, it may get views, but it brings in very little leads and revenue. But on the flip side, their polarizing content makes them a ton of money. And they say whatever they want. They don't care what people think and they know it's polarizing. But, you know, looking at it from a marketing angle, it can do wonders for you. Or even yesterday, I was I was hanging out with someone who has a yacht and they're telling me about all these yacht parties that they throw and what it's done for them. And it's just, it's really cool seeing how other people can think differently, which is, you know, I know you guys all know that, but what the thinking differently and them executing on how, you know, their strategies based on their own thought process, what it actually brings from a traffic perspective or a revenue perspective or a branding perspective. And just overall for me, I end up just learning a lot from people who are very different. Yeah. Look to me, this is the, the, the key word here is learning. You can learn from books. You can learn from mentors. You can learn from coaches. You can also learn from peers. You can learn from people in, in different industries. There's always something you can pull. It's like, Oh, that sounds really interesting. How do I make it my own for my own industry? Right? So not saying like we're going to become polarizing or anything like that, but it's, it's, um, there might be the little thing that, that they did with their business, maybe from like a, maybe from like a tax advantage standpoint, like you never know. Right. Um, but that's why I am a big believer in events. I'm a big believer in masterminds. I'm a big believer in dinners because sometimes you're just going to learn that one insight that pays for the whole thing. It pays for all the time that you spend there. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's okay. Like if you hang out with, um, ex, I think you, you, you said it was an ex convict, Neil. Uh, no comment. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, well, we'll leave that one alone, but I think there's, there's something to learn from everyone. That's what we're trying to say at the end of the day. Now, let, that actually leads to the next topic here. Let's go a little deeper here. Where does polarizing marketing actually fit in? So we talked about on the phone, we're saying 
Trump's obviously a very polarizing figure, right? Like even if it, even if we mention that name, people are probably like, "There's going to be someone that's like, how could you talk about Trump, right?" Um, but you know, we had we had a nice conversation around this. And do you remember what we talked about, Neil? No. Okay, so here's what we talked about. So, <laughs> so we we were like, look polarizing marketing works for some people and they don't give a crap and it's, it's okay. Like it works for their brand. Right. But for the vast majority of people, even though you can say something controversial, like it's really good. Like you, you'll get a lot of views at the end of the day, but also keep in mind, you're also going to turn a lot of people off. And like for the business type of business that Neil has and type of business that I have, we don't necessarily want to be turning people off. Like we're in a client services business. Right. So, but if you are, you're just creating your own product or maybe you're just a personality or a character, maybe you can be polarizing. Like Andrew Tate, for example, like he was very polarizing. Now he's trying to, you know, change his image a little bit. Um, you know, you can argue that he's a very polarizing figure and, um, you know, it's worked out for him. And I would say he's, he's very much a character. I think he's a smart guy and I think he knows what he's doing, but he decided that he needed a double, triple down. And he knows the more intense things that he says, the more views that he's going to get. And that's the game that he decided to play. So the question for you is, does polarizing marketing fit into your business? You have to be the decision maker on that. Dude, totally. And it's just like, you know, you and I, we've never done the car thing or flashy home thing or anything like that. And there's, you know, we haven't used lifestyle as a marketing. We haven't used polarized content as a marketing. Lifestyle can also be really polarizing too. Um, and you and I have the perspective that if you actually look at the largest companies in the world, they're not using polarizing content. They're not using lifestyle marketing. Now, it doesn't mean those strategies are wrong. It's just they're just an avenue to generate more attention. We feel the real way to generate the best attention is through things like your product or your service and the results versus showing what you have. Yeah. We want to play long-term games with long-term people. You can't really see it in my video over here, but I've Warren Buffett and the late Charlie Munger as, as statues just constantly to remind me to play those long-term games. Right. But at the same time, you think about these two have either not, Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger, have they done anything polarizing before? I can't think of one thing that they've done. They're just like old men that like investing and they wear suits, they they drink Coke and they eat these candies. Like that that is the extent of what they do. And they just try to help as much as they can. They give their money away and you know, they enjoy their life. And that's that's a nice way to go about it. I think um, you know, and that, that's what works for us. So you decide the games that you want to play. We just prefer to play the games that are in our mind, or in my mind, at least a little more long term. So let's go. What else do you have next? Yeah. So one thing that I want to talk about is a strategy that Apple uses. Um, and it's just allowed them to do extremely well over time. A lot of other players use it as well. And, you know, it's nothing crazy in marketing. But if you look at Apple, and one thing that they've always done uh, for many, many years is they have multiple products. And, you know, and when I say multiple products, I'm talking about like an iPhone. So if they have iPhone 15, they have iPhone 15, iPhone 15 Plus, iPhone 15 Pro, iPhone 15 Pro Max. So typically, when you look at a lot of Apple products, they have three or four or five options, maybe not five, but they have quite a bit. And the reason they end up doing this is because let's say if they just had two options, let's go to the iPhone 15. At $799, that's not bad. But then if you want to get the iPhone Pro Max, that's almost $1,200. You're going from $800 in essence to $1,200. That's a $400 price difference. 
But when you have an iPhone 15 for 800, you have an iPhone 15 Plus for 900, you have an iPhone 15 Pro for 1,000, and then you have an iPhone Pro 15 Pro Max for 1,200, you're like, oh, the iPhone Pro isn't that expensive, or the Pro Max isn't that expensive because you're comparing it to the earlier options. It's the same thing with like popcorn. If you go to a movie theater, they're like small popcorn, you know, uh, $2, medium, $4, large. You know, these these are like double prices, man. Five dollars, and then you're just like, wait, five dollars versus four? That's a pretty good deal. It's like four times larger than small, and it's not that much more expensive, right? But if you just had large and small, eh, the large is expensive. You add in the medium in there, it ends up making people think that, oh, all right, the large one isn't that expensive. But people have been using this for ages, and New York Times ran a study, A/B test, long, long time ago when they had a monthly subscription. And what sometimes people do is they have one option that's a terrible price and another one that's a good price, like saying you can get all this stuff, New York Times, etc., $9 a month. Or for $9 a month, you can get the New York Times and you get this videos and you get all this stuff. People are like, wait, this is the same price. This is a really good deal for the same price and you're getting three more things. You know, why would they even have this lower price? It may be an error. And then people just choose the you know, same price option that gives you way more. I think, Neil, you might be referring to the Economist test. It could be a New York Times one as well, but I really remember the Economist one where they did this like digital plus physical. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. probably Economist. Yeah, so everyone go search up the Economist one. It's a it's a really good case study, but um, hopefully this guides your pricing as well, which is why it's nice to always have a small, medium, large option. And we find that people will typically pick the medium option um, because they're like, oh, no, let's just go with that one, right? But when you do small and large, it, it um, people will typically go with the small one. So that's all it is. And please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe to us on YouTube. It helps us a lot. That is the number one thing we're going for in 2024. So subscribe to us on YouTube and we will see you later. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.